Thank you, Media Ministry. Thank you, Praise Team, to all of our greeters and to all of our guests. We thank God for each of you being here on this day as we turn our attention to the Word of God. How are you feeling out there? All right, because God is with us and he has blessed us to be here. And I'm just so excited, not only because you're here, but that we're all here together at the end of the year. Maybe I need to unpack that a little bit for you. Because there are those who started the year who are not at the end of the year. And when you consider everything you've been through this year, and yet God has blessed you to make it to the end of this year, I think that's reason enough to be grateful and praise God. But truly, God is good. Uh, now that, that Christmas day has passed, and some of you, you're already taking down the trees um, and the garland and all of the decorations. I guess no one has done that just yet. Thank you. I was hoping you hadn't, because I hadn't either. But what's next? What, what's next now that Christmas is over? What, what are we going to do now? I want to encourage us that even though Christmas Day has passed, the celebration of Christ should always last in our lives. I got somebody out there who understands this thing. See, you understand it when you know just how good of a gift you have when you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. What I want to encourage us, uh, by way of uh, lessons from wise men, what I want to encourage us with, through God's Word, Lucas, it's for us to continue to seek Jesus. You'll find me in Matthew chapter 2. For some, this is a familiar passage of Scripture. For others, it may be your first time hearing it. But I pray that God would allow us to hear it with fresh ears, that we might be able to, to, to receive the revelation that God has for each and every one of us, that our lives will be spent ongoingly seeking after Jesus. Matthew chapter 1. Not, not chapter 1, chapter 2, sorry. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him, and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word 
that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they, being the wise men, went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their gifts, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. This is the word of God. And we hear this story, and oftentimes we, we get it, uh, let's say, the progression of it confused in our, in our nativities. We, we try to encapsulate it all on the night of Christmas, but contextually, we understand that the wise men, your translation would say the magi, uh, those uh, astrologers of the East came after Christ was born. Uh, you, if you attend the Christmas Spectacular, you know that one of the, the main scenes, Anthony, that we look forward to is to see when, when the wise men come. Because when the wise men come, they come in all their pageantry and, and, and majestic royalty, and they present their gifts to Christ. We celebrate it. Because in understanding and celebrating it, we also will take heed to learn to emulate what these men have done in their pursuit of Christ. Check the text. Text tells us that they were magi. They were wise men. They, they were not, not just wise men, but, but they were actually men of nobility who had influence in the affairs of royalty. These were individuals who the royal line of, uh, in the eastern uh, Babylonian would turn to for advice. If you're mindful and you're mindful of Scripture, then you'll know that Daniel, back in the Old Testament, was also considered a wise man uh, as he would advise the king. So these wise men were looking to see where God had been active. I want you to see this. Because the Bible says that, that they reported this on their way. They said they had saw his star in the east, and they came to worship him. That they saw a move of God, and at the response to the move of God, they wanted to get closer to what God was doing. Mm. I asked you earlier if you can recount all that God has done for you this year. Well, uh, have you seen the move of God in your life? Have you seen anything in your life worthy of praising God? Has God done enough for you that you can look out in the sky of, of your existence and say, you know what, I have evidence that God is doing something in my life. Yeah, if you can see that, then you can celebrate that. For they saw a star, and, and listen, it has to be uh, such a, a, a moving occasion, Sister Carol, that, that they would they would leave from their residence 
to journey to where Jesus is. Okay, um, when, when the angels appeared to the shepherds, uh, they just had to go over some pastures uh, to see the baby lying in a manger. But when the wise men are journeying, they're not journeying from just around the corner. No, uh, they're journeying from the east to which we, 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 we understand that this is Persia, this is Babylon. And, and so they're journeying from Babylon. Get this, they made a journey. Look at the intentionality here. They made a journey to Jerusalem following the normal trade route. That distance would be about um, 800 miles. Now, now, hold on. See, some of you right now, you're, you're calculating by way of your automobile. But I want you to come back with me, get in the text for a moment here. Uh, they, if they rode camels, because we don't know. The text didn't say anything about them riding camels, did it? Uh, but if they rode camels, uh, on average, a camel can cover about, about 20 miles a day. Hmm. And then considering that the camels are carrying, if they're carrying, if carrying the wise men, but not just the wise men, they're carrying the wise men, the treasures, and everything. And you know what? Some of you all, you know when you travel, uh, how much you pack just for a weekend? I'm not looking right there. I'm looking at this in there. You, you can imagine. So, so now they're making this journey to see Jesus. Why would they go through that much effort? Because they saw that God was active in the world. I hope you get this. Because a lot of times, God is moving around and in our lives, and even in this moment where the Holy Spirit is with us as we communicate the Word of God, but if we're not careful, we can actually miss what God is trying to show us. As we, as we navigate this our now into our next. As we navigate the close of this year going into the new year, I want to encourage you, based upon this passage of Scripture, to become aware of God's continuous activity. They, they moved because they saw God's activity. And I want to encourage you, as our first point here, to become aware of God's continuous activity. Jesus said it this way in John 5 and 17. But Jesus answered them, my father is working until now, and I, Jesus says, am working. Please don't miss this, because God is always at work. I'm going to say that one more time. I don't think you heard me. I said, God is always at work. You don't believe me? Take a deep breath in. Uh -huh, yeah, because had it not been for God, you wouldn't even have the air in your lungs. God, God is always at work. Uh, the fact that you navigated the roadways and you made it here on today, and you ought to thank God because for his hand of safety because God is always at work. It's important that we learn to recognize when God is moving in our lives. And when you see the hand of God moving, it's encouraging you to get closer and closer 
to the Savior. They saw the star, and they began their journey. At, at seeing the star, notice no the text, they, they said they saw the star, and they had joy. You're missing it already. Uh, because sometimes, angel, what happens is we, we see what God is doing, but we've gotten so accustomed to God doing what God does that it doesn't excite us anymore. Uh, for some reason, uh, we wake up in the morning and we just, we just start our day off like, like God is supposed to do that. No, what is teaching us that every day when you experience God's movement in your life, it ought to lead you to an expression of gratitude because God is good and everything you have that is good came from God. Yeah. They're, they're making a journey. They're making a journey and now they're, they're going into Jerusalem as they enter Jerusalem, they're going to Jerusalem. Why? Because uh, they understood from Scripture and from the star in the sky that a king had been born. But not just any king, that the king of all kings had been born. So they move so diligently to get closer to Jesus. Mm. But look what happens. Uh, you, heard, you heard the red text. They, they got to Jerusalem because they Went to Jerusalem, obviously, because uh, that's the capital. And so they're expecting then that this is where the king would be. And so they go into the palace and they inquire from King Herod. Um, where is he who was born? King of the Jews. I, I love this text. Uh, they, they went with expectation. They, they, they went expecting to experience what God was doing. And that's how we ought to enter the worship experience. That's how we ought to enter into this holy sanctuary. We ought to enter with expectation that, you know what? I came here because I know God has something for me on this day. That, that's why I'm here. I'm here not to just see everybody. I'm here not just because it's the last Sunday of the year. No, I'm here because I want to be close to God. This this is what's happening. They, they are, they're there, but they're there, but they're inquiring from someone who, who appears to believe like they believe, but in his heart, his heart didn't back up what his word said. I'm in text. It's King Herod. King Herod, if you know anything about his history, you know that he was a very articulate man. You know, also know that he was very insecure as a king and that he was uh, malicious to his family members. I won't go into all the details, kids. I, I know you're here. I'm going to keep this thing G-rated. But he, he took out his own people to ensure that he had uh, his seat on the throne. He was, he was that insecure of a king. So when he heard that the true king had been born, Oh, you got to see it here. He, he then inquired. Check this out. He inquires of the wise men in his cabinet and the scribes in all Jerusalem, and he asked them, where is he? Where, where is he to be born? I hope you, saw, you heard it in text. Uh, he, he's inquiring of them. He summoned his wise men, verse 7, secretly, and, and he, asked them, um, he asked them when the star had appeared, but he, he calls all of his cabinet together. He asked them, where is he supposed to be born? 
And look at verse 6, verse, verse 5 rather. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. I hope you catch this. The religious leaders, the religious scribes knew exactly where the Savior was supposed to be born. They're only around the corner. They're in Jerusalem, so they're just not far from where Bethlehem is. They know, but they're not trying to go. The wise men traveled 800 miles to find, to see the king. And yet those who are in the very vicinity of where he is know the word that says where he's going to be. They didn't have to research it. They didn't have to go back and say, oh, king, let's go and check out um, our concordances to answer this question. No, they already knew. But their hearts didn't have them to pursue. Oh, let me talk to you for a moment, y'all. Because the reality is sometimes we can be filled with the knowledge of God's word. We can be filled uh, with, with, uh, with knowing the stories of Scripture. But if our hearts are not leading us to the Lord of Scripture, to the King of kings, then we are missing the moment that God has for us. And I pray that going into this year that we will seek God more and more, not just for what he says, but we seek him for who he is, that we have a relationship with Jesus so that our relationship with him will grow deeper and deeper and deeper. Do you want that from Christ? Do you want a relationship with Jesus Christ? Because when you do, you don't just know the word. Nah, you strive to live the word. Ah, we strive to, to live it. Ah, but here, here it is. So, so, so they are, they're, they're looking that they're, they're asking, these wise men are, are inquiring, right? Uh, and the Bible then says they see the star again. I, I, this is a beautiful story. They, they leave Herod, and they see the star again. And the text says they were filled with great joy. They haven't made it to Jesus yet. But they see an indication that God is leading them, and it leads them to great joy. They, they see, as they, as they unpack their, 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 their GPS uh, trajectory, and they see that in the trajectory, as they were moving about, that God was actively leading them. The Bible says that the star had, was leading them to the place where the child was. Don't miss this because they are excited to see that God had never left them. Ah, and then the star, then uh, it, it settles over the stable. Oh, I got somebody still reading. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. The Bible says that, that when the wise men came, it settled over the house where the child was. Uh, and so, just so we can, let me, let me mess up your nativity scene just a little bit, okay? <laughs> we always put the wise men, you know, and, 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 and how many do we normally put there? 
But you didn't read the text, right? And the text didn't indicate a number. We, we, we say three because of the three gifts. But it could have been a company of wise men. Hmm? We, we, we're not told, but, but hold on. We're reading from Matthew. Matthew, remember now, is his profession was in the numbers. You're not with me just yet here. Uh, he, he, was, he, he was a Levi. He, he was a tax collector. He, 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 knew the, he, he knew numbers. When you read Matthew, Matthew's always telling you how many people were there. But for some reason, Matthew doesn't indicate how many. I suspect, Chuck, that there were so many wise men because wise men know, wise people know how to get to Jesus. There were so many that Matthew said, I can't even count them. I mean, just think about it. So they enter the house. They enter the house where Jesus is. And, of course, the New Testament says he, he's a child. And so um, we, we understand at this point uh, that Jesus, our Savior, is, is a toddler. He, he, he's, he's about toddler age. We don't know exactly how old, but, but it's speculated considering the journey, considering um, all that they went through to come and see Jesus, that, that now they're coming in, they're, they're seeing Je this little boy, this little boy Jesus. And what do they do? Hmm? They bowed before him and they worshiped. What do we do when we come into the presence of God? Do, do we, we look around and, and get, uh, get, assess the atmosphere, determine whether or not we're comfortable, whether or not the lighting is right? What, what do we do when we gather before the Lord? I pray that when we come before God, that we come before God in a posture of worship, that we bow ourselves before him, humbling ourselves, understanding who we're before. We have the opportunity to serve the living God. Do, 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 wrap that around. We have the opportunity to know the Savior, the Son of God, the creator of all the universe, to know him personally. That ought to humble you. When you really consider all that is unholy about, no, I ain't going to say about you. Uh, when I consider all that is unholy about me, to come before a holy God, it, it humbles me. Hmm? Ah, they, 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 they're seeking him. They're seeking him, and now they're before him. When they're before him, they worship him. We worship God daily when we acknowledge who he is. Acknowledge all that he has done. When we surrender and submit our lives to his leadership, we, we worship him. Worship, don't get this messed up. Worship is not just, oh, I'm, we're singing songs together. No, no, no. Worship is, is personal. It's, it's a personal response. Notice each 
wise man, each magi had a personal response in the presence of Jesus. Ah, and they celebrated the gift of Christ. They celebrated him personally. One by worship and then by offering him gifts. What gifts did they offer? There you go. My baby, raise her hand. I don't know if you see that online. She raised her hand. I, I got the answer. I got the answer. That's right, baby. Uh, the first gift they offered was gold because in that time, gold was, was used to symbolize royalty and, and nobility. is to symbolize material value and wealth as it is today. They offered him gold for royalty because he is indeed the king of kings. But they also, offer, they also offered him another gift, and that gift is Frankincense, there it is, frankincense. And frankincense is, is a beautiful smelling, costly incense that was used on special occasions. In fact, this incense was used in, in offerings to God in the Old Testament where they would sprinkle it um, at, at, at the tabernacle. They, they would sprinkle it on the offering to symbolize the people's desire to, to please the Lord. And so frankincense is for his, his deity. Mm, they worshiped him, acknowledged him as king. They acknowledged him as Lord. Uh, and then they gave him myrrh. Myrrh is also a perfume, not as costly as frankincense, but, but myrrh was very valuable, and it would be mixed with things as an anesthetic or, or a, for medicinal purposes, but also when it's time to lay loved ones to rest, they would use myrrh as an embalming ointment or embalming oil, recognizing that our Savior, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, would come and give his life for you and I, that we might be a part of God's family. This is what he has done for us. This is what Christ has done for us. This is really what Christmas is really all about. It is understanding God loves you so much that he, he, he welcomes you to come. In fact, he says, when you seek me, you will find me. When you seek me with all of your heart, he welcomes you to come. He welcomes you so much that he himself came himself. He came in flesh and he gave his life for you and I so that in him and through him we can live. I mean, really have life, that we can, we can live. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to, to end the year with the same commitment you want to start the new year with. That you would end this year being grateful to God for the gift of Christ in your life. So I want to encourage you to bow your heads. The wise men sought after Jesus. They saw God's activity, and they didn't hesitate. They left from where they were and sought Christ with 
everything. And when they came to him, they gave him everything. I want to, with your heads bowed, challenge you to look into your heart. Listen as the Spirit of God is speaking to you. And let this day be the day that you truly seek Jesus for yourself. You know, many of us, we We've come here and we've heard the story time and time again, but we really hadn't sought him truly. Christ came all this way to welcome you into relationship with him. With your heads bowed, you to be honest with God, honest with yourself. Is Jesus Lord of your life? If it is your desire and you, you have never said yes to, to following Christ, but you want to on this day, all heads bowed and eyes closed. I, I just want you to lift your hand up. Just, just lift your hand up. If you say, you know what? I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. I see you. I see you, young man. I, I'm ready. I'm ready to make him my Lord. I'm, I'm ready to, to seek him. I'm, I'm ready to follow him. If, that, if that's you, just, just lift your hand up. Just lift your hand up. I see you. I see you, my sister. Gracious Heavenly Father, we, we're in your presence. And we thank you that, that you didn't leave us in the darkness, but that you kept compelling us to come to you. That we might see the light of your love shine in our lives. Help us to draw closer and closer and closer to you that our relationship would grow deeper with you each and every day that you give us to live. That we never tire of seeking your will and seeking your purposes for our lives. That we might trust you in all things. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforest.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus, in person, on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.